there will be blood. How's it going, everybody? This is Dailies to Downloads. We are back with you, and my name is Chad. With me, as always, is Eric. Check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you'd rather listen to us than watch us. I wouldn't blame you, but hey, here we are. We add the visual component here on YouTube. So this week, we are going to conclude our trilogy of shows on the Saw franchise. We previously reviewed Spiral and then went over the best and worst traps. So this week, we are just kind of going to go over the franchise as a whole and talk about our thoughts on each of the films and the series in general. So we will see where that takes us. And to start out, we'll group these movies into groups of three, and I'll explain why as we go along. So the first Saw was released on October 29th, 2004, directed by James Wan, and the written by Lee Wannell. And Saw 2 was released October 28th, 2005, directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, and it was written by Lee Wannell and Darren Lynn Boozman, and then Saw 3, October 27th, 2006, also directed by Darren Lynn Boozman, and also that was written just by Lee Wannell, although the story was uh, written by Lee Wannell and James Wan. So that trilogy of movies is kind of guided by Lee Wannell. So, and I think when he leaves, certainly you see a shift in the franchise in, in, in many ways. But Eric, how did you get into these movies? Did you watch the first movie from like the moment it kind of came out or did you get into them later? Uh, I do remember, I'm trying to think of the first time I was even like aware that they existed. It, it was definitely the first one because I do remember like being in the subway train station platform and seeing that poster of like a severed a severed arm, severed leg. Yeah, I think it was the leg. Yeah, leg. Yeah, like so that I so that I knew. Um, that was a pretty iconic poster for the time. Yeah, and it was very simple. You really see a lot of stuff like that then. Certainly, images like that in the tone of black and white and sepia or whatever would come to be more common as years went along. But that image was pretty striking for the time. Yeah, uh, and I feel like there had been, and I was not really aware of this, but there had been a short film that uh, I believe I believe the two had made that was uh, like a six or seven minute thing. And that's uh, Lee Wannell's character essentially with the bear trap thing on his head. Right. Uh, and that's the short that they made together first, which I saw because they put it on the DVD of the first one. Uh, right. Um, and obviously the first one I think premiered at, the first film premiered at Sundance, but I was not really in the weeds at that point knowing about that. Um, so I, I saw the first one, not in theaters. Um, it must have been on DVD right when it came out on home video. And, and back then, I remember a big, for me at least, a big selling factor was Danny Glover. Right. Um, which, how insignificant he became <laughs> with the franchise. But at the time, yeah. uh, you know, Danny Glover, I'm like, okay. It had been a few years, I feel like, since he had done anything of note. Um yeah, oddly enough, that's the one character they really didn't milk too much as the franchise went along. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's, I guess, given his lack of being involved in any way, shape, or form in the future, he couldn't even do flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, unless, hey, we're still going strong. Maybe Saw 12, we realize that he actually mastermind the whole thing. You know, yeah, he'll, can, be a, he'll be another apprentice. Yeah, yeah, we can keep retconning the entire thing. Why not? Yeah. Uh, so that's so that's how I, I originally saw it. It must have been the fall of 2004 uh, or early 2005. Right, yeah. And, you know, I didn't see it in theaters either. Um, I think I got into it through word of mouth. And at this point, I have no idea what friends would have recommended it to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's know. just a general word about the you yeah. know I'm hearing people out on the, the street show. you know you yeah. know the, the the central PA those people they just talk about <laughs> random movies in the street um yeah. but yeah there were there were people that were mentioning that it was good and I you know I decided to check it out and I, you mentioned Danny Glover being a selling point I think one of the selling points for me because it was mentioned oh the guy from the Princess Bride is in this so yeah, yeah of course so yeah. that's that's one of the main reasons I I decided to check it out and at the time this was you know maybe just as i was becoming a, a film buff hardcore film buff when this came out i i think the idea at the time of it taking place mainly in one room was uh i was just like what the hell like what's that <laughs> i feel like <laughs> at the time, i don't think i respected it as much i would grow to love movies that would be set in like a limited setting but at the time, I was like, oh, what's this? And But then, obviously, you see the twist at the end, and it kind of throws you for a loop. And uh, the twist would go on to, I would say, almost be a, a crutch, if not a, uh, a trap for the franchise as, yeah, as yeah. time would go along. Uh, but, yeah, the first film, I, I liked it. You know, and that's kind of all I would say, like, at the time. Like, I liked the first one. I don't know if I was in love with it, but... I, I liked it enough. I thought, okay, this was a cool little horror movie and it was a neat twist that I didn't see coming. Yeah. And, and like, it was very cheaply made and it felt that way. And it's funny that through, was it 10 movies now? Ten, or uh, will be. 10. Okay. Uh, that like, even though the budgets may have been raised a little bit, they never really changed in terms of their look or aesthetic in terms of a budget. Um, but yeah, and I also just remember now, I'm blanking on his name, but there was another guy who you think is the killer from most of the movie, and he was on Lost. And at the time, Lost right. was a big show. Um, it's on my list. I'll get to it in the next 20 years. But um, that, that I remember also there was talk about him uh, being in it as well. But, but like, similar to you, like I was more looking at this list. Like I think that weekend I saw Ray or I saw Sideways. Uh, I think was you know not that I was I felt above anything uh, and this is also the same month as The Grudge, which was a PG thirteen uh, horror thing that did very very well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Kind of so this was yeah Saw was like a different the torture porn thing was not yeah that that big. term hadn't been coined yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like I was just gonna say that this one was less about that aspect of it and more about the twist and more about the characters themselves obviously being confined to one room you focusing on on these certain guys um but i would say that i became a fan of the franchise with number two um number two i i thought was was very good um and i liked how obviously they would go on to be repetitive with it they would use these multiple characters being locked in in a certain area and they would have to complete these tests and i thought that the use of the various traps was well done in this one 
the there was I thought that this was the most the most balanced of the movies and because it, you had the traps you had the story you had the characters and you had the twist so you had all of these different elements in working pretty well together um but what did you think of of number two um yeah I this was what also stood out to me about this one is that it's really the first one really with Tobin Bell like yes he's he's dead on the floor in the first one and you get the voice on the cassette tapes but this is when you actually Tobin Bell's an actor right? right uh so that's a big shift um and once you get the sense of because the timeline is so crazy I think Saw 2 doesn't take uh, doesn't take place too far after Saw 1 I think right. but I'm not sure you know it's hard keeping up with when each one takes place yeah um but but I remember it being yeah more like a group kind of thing that uh, now we have commodified with the PG-13 uh, escape room movies. That's essentially what Saw 2 feels like. It's an escape room That's true. Yeah. movie um, <laughs> mixed in with a Tobin Bell playing a Hannibal Lecter type outsmart the detective story. Don't uh, they wish they could go back and uh, make that a subtitle? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I mean, look, well, you know, I'm, we got another 30 of these movies to go, but, um, but well, you're right. They've, they've done an escape room horror movie now, so. Yeah, and there's a new one coming out, like, next month. Uh, of course. And I, I saw a trailer, and I'm like, oh, this feels like Saw for teenagers, um, yeah. essentially, um, which is like, I'm sure that's exactly how it was pitched. Um, so, yeah, and I think also with the second one, that formula was really established yes and you were either um i remember at the time because i was just like i'm gonna support horror stuff it was cool that they were coming out at the same weekend every year right um yeah this became a a staple of halloween uh because they were able to i mean literally make the first seven of these movies came out one year after the other yeah uh, i think like after opening weekend the next one yeah. would be greenlit and they'd go right into production on the next yeah. until jigsaw jigsaw there was a a seven-year gap between saw 3d and uh and jigsaw but uh yeah they came because they were they were easy to make they were cheap to make and as we've talked about in previous episodes they didn't always use a-listers like you weren't seeing robert de niro or al pacino as the detective you were seeing Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> or, yeah, yeah. you know, or people, people like that, people who might not demand like a, uh, a seven figure paycheck uh, yeah. to take part yeah. in this. We so. said the last time that the actress from seventh heaven is in. Right. And like, and it's not like she was doing anything else really at the time. So. Um, but yeah, you know, the, you got a lot with Tobin Bell, as you mentioned, uh, you know, Shawnee Smith became, you know, took the forefront as a character here as uh, as Amanda and uh yeah I mean it, it it I I liked number two and so the end of this grouping was the Saw 3 and I would say this is where the plot manipulation really kind of starts to snowball a little bit this is where it, it gets going the traps are more creative the plot hook is interesting and the twist works, but the acting here is more subpar, I would say. And I would say that 
all, everything going on is like kind of secondary to the, you know, the torture porn aspects of it. Like it, yeah, I, I'd say the, the traps and the horror and the blood and the gore becomes more of a focus here, um, which at that time was unusual <laughs> for the yeah. franchise. But I still think Saw 3 works in spots. Uh, you know, I, there's a lot I like about it, but I would, knowing what we see in four, five, six, and seven and onward, that <laughs> Saw 3 is really where the formula really starts to get going and creates problems afterwards. Wouldn't you yeah. say so, or would you have a different um, look at it? I would agree with that. Uh, the thing I like about Saw 3, what I thought at the time, foolish me, was that there was a sense of finality there. Um, yeah. You know, and in that and point, I, looking back, you would think, oh, yeah, what's well, done now? It's like, well, and like that, that was something I would give the creators that it wasn't like Freddy or Jason where you know, like they die in everyone, but they always come back. Right. With this, it was like, no, they chopped his head off. I think that means he's dead, dead, you know? So, right. so it did feel like a finality thing, which you didn't get, you don't get in horror movies and how, you know, how stupid was I to find out next year that we're going to keep doing this, you know, but, but they never did go back on that, you know? Um, That's true. They didn't, yeah. they didn't resurrect him. No. Really in the, uh, they hinted at it a lot for a bunch of them. Fantasy sense, but yeah. 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 Um, but then how did they wind up doing it? Like you're seeing things that are actually a prequel, but you don't know that. And that's how they right. do it. They get very stupid. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's when the third one, yeah, felt very much again, like, I think around this time too, they were taking almost like scripts or stories that were not Saw specific and turning them into Saw movies. Yeah. So you would get this, like uh, like we said, the last one, like a fun house thing. This right. one is like one guy going through obstacles to save other people who have wronged him, you know? Right. And then they kind of like shoehorn these into the Saw formula. And it makes you wonder, like we were talking about with the traps, like how did they think of the traps? Did they work from the characters backwards or did they think of the trap first and then figure yeah. out a way? Like, and you wonder like what they did with the plots. Did they just think, okay, these people can be evil people, evil people who, who you know, hurt the elderly in a nursing home and, you know, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Gonna put them all in a room together or, you know, stuff like that. And, or, you know, do they tackle it from a different way? You don't, you don't really know. Cause there's not a lot to these when you really break it down, it just becomes, you know, a lot of twists, a lot of messing with time. And uh, it's almost, it's weird because these movies, like they manipulate the audience blatantly and the audience almost asks for it. You know, it's almost like part of embracing these movies is admitting, okay, well, they're going to screw with me. And that's just part of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think at that as like an audience, you've um, pr you've uh, what's the word? Prepared the audience. You've you've made them familiar to expect that, right? Right. Like, and and same thing when you would see like a, a, a slasher movie in the '90s, you always knew it was one of the high school students, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So now, yeah. So by the time saw so you expect that up until this latest one, that in the last two minutes, as soon as the main music theme comes on. That's when we get the reveal. Right. That's when we see all the flashbacks, the specific words, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah. yeah. And it's funny, like, you know, uh, you know, we both wrote for 411. If I went back and looked at, you know, some of the 
articles I was writing, I, I wonder if I had talked about the end of Saw 3 and was like, well, how are they going to go on from here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The next one has to be a prequel. <laughs> and I, but I, I even think like right after the opening weekend of Saw 3, they announced Saw 4. And it's like, right. like, can we just like have a week to like digest this? Like, I, I don't know. Like, and, and this, by this point, uh, like you were reading off the names of, because Darren Lynn Bozeman was like 26. 27 like he wanted yeah. to do his passion project repo the genetic opera which well, right what a passion <laughs> project but you know like that was he, he so he was like in this farm system you know that like kept them for each one at every year um james wan went on to like start up the um well that puppet movie didn't do well dead silence oh yeah 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 that one bombed uh no no but, that was not that was not good yeah yeah uh, i remember that one but Insidious and Conjuring, you know, yeah. those were his other franchises that he wanted to essentially become like a showrunner on because they are kind of like TV episodic, you know. Yeah, and like I guess, I guess that's a goal if you're a horror aficionado or a horror filmmaker. You want to create these things that become, you know, entities in and of themselves to a degree. But in 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 a lot of ways, I would say that's one of the traps that the genre falls into that they they don't need to every every time but that's you know yeah that's a bigger topic <laughs> yeah well lee, lee wamela has gone on to do much bigger and better things Absolutely. Uh, you know, independently of, of everyone else i would say it was solved between saw four and five where i was really starting to say okay how many more of these are they going to do like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which it, is it funny was... considering how long they went on but i would say at this time i was like okay really you <laughs> know like, it, it was definitely like a two or three movie day and it's like okay i'll guess i'll put in this one as well yeah, um, yeah and and like we didn't mention that also around this time which i really hated was the uh paranormal activity surge so yeah. so in comparison looking back i was happier to embrace the saw movies oh absolutely i realize it's choosing between two lows but you know the paranormal activity things became such a gigantic behemoth that i really didn't like so i chose the lesser of two evils i guess at the time right well our next group uh saw four was released october 26 2007 directed by darren lynn boozman written by patrick melton and marcus dunston and saw five was released october 24 2008 directed by david hackle and written by patrick melton and marcus dunston and saw six was direct i'm sorry released on october 23rd 2009 directed by kevin grudert and also written by patrick melton yeah look up these Dunstan. directors what have they uh, how have their careers been since? right and that's the thing you were saying the farm system yeah they yeah. would have you know crew members gradually move up the ladder and get bigger and better roles and they wanted to keep things in-house and i get that to a certain extent you want to have the same tone and theme and look and all that and that's good you know in a way but i would say that this friend this trilogy of movies now i don't know if you remember this eric but a friend of ours george soroy who has his own podcast we also would talk about these movies when the 411 movie zone podcast was around and he called this i forget what he called the first three movies maybe the origin of jigsaw but he called these three movies the legacy of jigsaw which I all, which I always thought was pretty apropos for these three movies specifically. 
Um, at, because at the time, it was only Saw 1 through 6. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But that's the way he referred to these, these particular movies. And um, because we, we see Costas Mandalore's Detective Hoffman uh, take, take center stage as, as the main villain. And, but this is where, specifically with Saw 4, like, this is where they're really starting to try and connect every single dot they can from the past movies and the current one you know, meaningless points of the plots become suddenly crucial parts of the story. And they're more about the traps and the twists for twists sake, I would argue, than the characters or the story. And I think they really start to fall victim to that repetition here. They, they screw, we already talked about how they screw around with time. And, you know, when, in the case of Saul Ford, it's regarding John's autopsy, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, what did you, I'll ask this. How do you think the franchise progressed at this point? Did you like how it was going? Now, you talked about it compared to Paranormal Activity, but that's a low bar. So did yeah. you like how the franchise was was uh, moving along, or did you think, okay, they're really starting to reach now? Um, I mean, I definitely thought they were starting to reach. Um, I, I think it's Saw 4 where they're like, we're going to make Jigsaw's wife a big part of this story. And yeah. it's like, really? We're gonna Jigsaw's wife, like, did you guys just throw something at a dartboard and land on Jigsaw's wife? Like, like where we, and she had a kid. Where's the kid? Oh no, but the kid didn't survive. Okay, what's that? Here's a flashback of it. You know, right. uh, it, it like it obviously felt like you were just you know shooting in the dark here. Um, and but it was sort of like a strangely and sickly as it sounds, a comfort food uh, every yeah. every year on the same weekend. Uh, and then as soon as the weekend was over, nobody was talking about it anymore. But, right. uh, you know, it was just like the 90 minutes to catch up and see what ridiculousness they build. It was to. like the Netflix reaction before Netflix reactions were a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, they would be huge for three days. And, um, and that was it. And yeah, by the time, in terms of the Jigsaw legacy, I feel like it's almost like a, like a Bechdel test kind of thing where it's like, Try to find any moments in these movies where characters aren't referring to Jigsaw. Right. <laughs> He's dead. He doesn't come back. But that's all they talk about for all these movies. Right. Uh, and, and so it becomes, it becomes ridiculous. Uh, but by that point, you're watching it somewhat for the humor. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. And and because the, the traps themselves become humorous in a dark, twisted way. Yeah. yeah and you yeah. have to be into the dark, twisted humor to really appreciate that part of it and other people might just look at it and say oh you know that's gross or whatever yeah um, i think that i think that's when they start to leaning into a little bit of that darker yeah humor, i think um yeah, yeah. no I, I agree um uh, saw with saw five i thought everything i said about saw four i would say saw five is just increased <laughs> like you know they don't really at that point you really they stop caring about the characters and it is really mostly about the traps at that point. And what's the twist going to be? And I, I they almost fall victim to like a, a, a M. Night Shyamalan curse. In, in, <laughs> you in go in, yeah, yeah. And, and also at that point, like we discussed in the traps episode where there aren't enough creative ways to kill someone after so many of these movies. Like right. they're gonna get dumber and dumber and you know, I, I, again, I guess that's why you still come for it. But it also, like, as we saw with the last one, it just felt dull now. 
right? They're not creative anymore. You can't do any other way to twist right. a finger or to rip out a tongue. You can't, you know, there's only one way to do it, uh, I think. Um, so yeah, it, by that point, it became very rote, I guess. Yeah, I mean, with this, yeah, with this, with this last one, they really had to. They're like they they clearly wanted to dial back from the torture porn, but at the same time, they knew that they had to think of more creative traps than had been delivered previous. Which, yeah. had I been in the room, I would have said, "You don't have to do that. You yeah. just have to make the traps you think of mean more." Yeah. Like, that, but hey, I'm not a Hollywood writer, so. <laughs> And they and they well, I'm not sure they are either, really. But you know, <laughs> but and also like they tried to have their cake and eat it too by saying like, oh, some of these traps are not meant to be uh, beaten, you know? Because yeah, we talked about that with the traps and like how the the goal of the franchise and the the uh, whole intentions of Jake saw himself changed to the point of like, okay, we just want to watch people die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, and this was big too because uh, this is also the time of the hostile movies, um, which is really that's all it is, uh, like the, yeah. the bare minimum of plot in those movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's, that's I used to have pretty, pretty heated debates with uh, some of our uh, our former colleagues at Four One One about the, about the hostile movies. I'm not a fan, uh, but uh, you know, like because. I liked the minimal or manipulative as it might be. I liked the story aspects of the Saw franchise. I liked the fact that they were trying to surprise me. And what I was, I'd forgotten what I was going to say earlier, but now I remember what's funny about the story manipulation is that you don't know if they're really just screwing with your head or if the whole time you should have taken it literally and you would have known what was going on. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah which is funny in that way. But, you know, with the hostile movies and like a movie like Captivity, which came to mind as I was researching this, like these- Teresa's, remember there was a bunch of these. Right, like it was a whole subgenre. And I guess what I, what we came back for with the Saw franchise was not just the fact that you mentioned it as comfort food, you know, horror comfort food in a way that, you know, you go, you go to it with the traps and twists and, you know, you know what to expect to a certain degree. And you, you like, you like that. Like they change enough that you keep going back to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's worth saying too, that this was also a period where we didn't really have any of the typical slasher uh, franchise icons with movies out around this time period. Uh, yeah, Rob Zombie's the, Halloween yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, this right? subgenre really kind of Put that one to put that whole subgenre to bed. I would say yeah. at least for a little bit, um, and it, because no, like those were campy and you know old hat. I would think to people in Hollywood anyway. Yeah, and by the time you get to the Rob Zombie's Halloween, yeah, there are, there are certain things that feel influenced by torture porn in that movie. Oh, absolutely, they were a lot grittier and yeah, uh, yeah absolutely a lot more aggressive in in that way yeah um no yeah I, I would agree uh with uh with saw six i i thought that they were really trying too hard to milk what they could out of the jigsaw character at, at that point like you know what envelopes did he leave to all these different people i, I nothing really of note happened in that one um i you know in i would imagine most viewers 
I, maybe not, or not a huge fan of Costas Mandalore's Hoffman character. Um, and by this point, the characters that they are testing become progressively more annoying and less, we, the audience, are less sympathetic. It's like, we don't care if they die or how yeah. they die, yeah. like at all. <laughs> yeah, by that, by that point, it is the typical slasher movie. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. These actors, uh, you don't really hear a lot about most, 99% of the actors in the Saw movies. Yeah, uh, at no point do you say, do you hear the person's, you know, he starred in Saw 5 and then he was yeah, the yeah. Oscar winner. <laughs> this series does not have its uh, Jamie Lee Curtis or its Kevin Bacon or... Uh... Right, which <laughs> which says a lot about, in my opinion anyway, about how this franchise progressed. Because it became less, like the, the actors were really very disposable. Like, I would imagine that if you're an actor who signs on for Saw 4, you're not going to be going in there and being like, hey, my character wouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah. You're not doing the uh, Stanislavski method uh, for <laughs> Saw Like Darius, Darius McCrary didn't come on there and yeah. it's like, hey, yeah. in Family Matters, we did it this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I also, I also wonder about actors sometimes in that scenario where I know a job is a job. It almost feels though to me like a career killer a lot of times. Um, right. Because it really doesn't showcase your abilities very well. I mean, yeah. you have to really show your talent and get beyond, get above the trap that you're in, which is really right. what the audience is paying attention to. So yeah, And people, I think, look, this is also, I'm sorry, I'm thinking so much about the history now of like, the period of Lionsgate becoming big due to these movies, and then like it wins an Oscar for Crash, um, right. and then like they they want to become more like prestigious in a way. Right. But the Saw thing, they're still making the most money. So, right. Like, yeah. It's weird, like you know, juggling of the two. So the next three, we have Saw 3D, which was released October 29, two thousand ten, directed by Kevin Gruder, again written by. Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. I'm going to look up those guys, what they've done since then. Um, we have <laughs> then seven years later, we have Jigsaw, which was released October 27th, 2017, directed by the Spirig Brothers and written by Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger, which I think I said the big <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, like yeah. Bond villain. Yeah. Um, and then most recently, we did a whole review of Spiral, which was released May 14th, 2021, and Darren Lynn Boozman made his return but it was also written by uh, Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger. So oh, yeah. I would say Saw 3D probably fits in more with the legacy of Jigsaw series, simply because, you know, Detective Hoffman is still a thing there. And at the time, wasn't it called the final chapter? Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. yeah it was. Um, I mean, at that point, the way I looked at that one is like, they must have been in the room and they were like, all right, we've done everything we can. So... We need to bring back Harry Elwes. <laughs> and he's like, guys, I've been asking you for six movies. When are you going to bring me back? Right, right. And they were, I wonder, it would be hilarious if they were like, Danny Glover is not returning our calls. So yeah. <laughs> like, so we need to, we need to bring back Harry Elwes. Um, the, the character being tested is uh, a person who lied about being a victim of Jigsaw and wrote a, a book, a self-help book which is, it's a very weak subplot because what's happening in Saw 3D is more about Jigsaw's wife yeah. at that point. And so you have Detective Hoffman, spoiler alert, ends up killing Jigsaw's wife. 
in the reverse bear trap, which is probably the most famous trap throughout the franchise, I would say, simply because it comes up all the time. But uh, what's what I didn't like was that the way she died from that trap, she actually had a nightmare of her own death in that movie, which I thought that trap was more interesting than the way she actually died. Is that about the train? Yeah, he like hooked up this train with a big spear on it. Yeah. (laughs) Cut her in half, which is like such a bizarre way to kill somebody. Yeah, and that Uh, was such a a 3D moment. Yeah, it was, you're right. Train and the spear, and that's like the the dimension coming right at you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's Lumiere Brothers uh, 101, 1895. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's kind of where, obviously that's where Detective Hoffman... uh, exits the franchise and well, we thought uh, that was the end again yeah. i mean i know i should i keep becoming a fool but always assuming that this is the end but it's like a, it's like a you know a kiss final you know final uh oh, know, yeah reunion goodbye uh, tour you know or like a mick foley comeback you know whatever you want to say like it's just when you think it's over it really isn't over at all yeah um and jigsaw you would have at that point jigsaw you have too many apprentices so let's talk about that maybe i don't know if you know how many apprentices there are eric but there's actually five if you count his wife who does stuff for him in the movies like it's actually five apprentices which like if you look back on it it's like this guy how he was able to spend all his time teaching these apprentices and yet hiding his involvement with those apprentices from all the other ones (laughs) Yes, yes. And, and not even want to explode. And like you would think he has like a giant roadmap of okay, I'm gonna be teaching this one, but this one will be testing this one. But if I don't call them at this phone number to let them know like you know, all these things. Yeah, I wonder if like, you know, if he called uh, you know he was talking to Dr. Gordon who was Carrie Elway's character and accidentally called him Detective Hoffman. Yeah, it's like who's that? Oh, don't worry about that. Sorry. Uh, who am I here? Where am I? Uh, yeah, he has cancer for goodness sakes. He's bound to make a slip up or two, right? Well, that's also the funny thing, right? Because like he's he's anti charisma. Like he's not like this uh, to choose a leader. You need like Pacino as Jigsaw or something. <laughs> I mean, Tobin Bell is a pretty chill, relaxed dude. And they would not- never have killed him off if it was Al Pacino. <laughs> I mean, at least I'd be like, okay, I could see charismatic uh leader here for a cult i wish i could do a pacino impression right now <laughs> with him like yelling at amanda in the other room he's <laughs> like oh like, 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 no, that, that, would, that would have been that would have been great we we uh, we need to fantasy uh fantasy cast to uh, this franchise <laughs> um but uh yeah the the writers were really trying hard in jigsaw to kind of unearth any part of the story that they could think of to use i, I did like eleanor the uh freaky obsessed jigsaw fan who collected all the traps <laughs> i thought yeah. she, i thought she was a good character but uh, that's about that's about the most of my praise uh that was the one with the silo feed thing where the uh the knives and the things were dropping yeah and that that i also it, it felt like it was going to be a return to the original that it was going to be primarily in that barn thing yeah. um yeah, but, but by that point, it almost felt like they were being very secretive about, is it a remake? Is it a sequel? What they is wanted it? you to think that Tobin Bell would return yeah. alive, but to their credit, they kept him dead. Um, 
It's, I mean, they kind of set them up as a lose-lose, right? It's like either they bring them back and people hate that because it's unrealistic, or you find out you're just watching a flashback the whole time and you feel cheated that way. So I feel like you kind of set your, they set the audience up for disappointment either way. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, um, and obviously we talked about Spiral already. Uh, you know, I admire, I think it's an improvement in some ways and I, I, Oh, but overall, we talked about how we don't think it's a, a very good film in general. But uh, they kept with the whole copycat aspect of it. People influenced by Jigsaw maybe is a better way to put yeah. it. I'll uh, give them credit, I guess, at least for um, somewhat trying to break free. I mean, it doesn't. It's still very much the formula of all yeah. the other ones. But, like, Jigsaw is, like mentioned in name only there are no more audio tapes you know by this time it's 2021 if we're still doing audio cassette tapes like what the hell like this guy like yeah. where you have to go like find a, a walkman or a talk boy to like play this at a certain point like talk boy that would be amazing you gotta get a talk boy hey yeah we said last time kevin McAllister was the original jigsaw that would yeah. be great see that's the thing so we have before we talk about you know the franchise board like if we if we have saw 10 coming around the corner here like in my in my mind, they really they like they, they could go two different directions. They either need to hire the best people they can to make Saw Ten a really great film, or they could go the Jason X route and okay. just make it the silliest, most ridiculous movie ever. <laughs> so, like, but to just make another, you know, detective movie with a copycat or a person that was an apprentice or you know jigsaw's son is actually alive yeah. you know if, if it comes something like that then to me it's they're not they're they're leaving a lot of creativity and a lot of fun on yeah. the cutting room floor i think that's uh, definitely with the last one at least like the fun is gone yes uh, yeah and we didn't talk about that really when we talked about the movie but i, yeah. I agree with you it's extremely dire um, for, for numerous reasons. And it's like, well, who is this really rewarding for, right? Like, right. just get, get, yeah, like you said, kind of get stupider, you know, get that. Like, guy, like, I don't think that first option of bringing on the best talent is realistic. <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. that's what happened. Uh, so, I mean, not Al Pacino, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's done some, some rough uh, 88 minutes. That movie was a saw-like kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I just feel like go all the way with it. Um, obviously, on a much larger scale, that's what the Fast and the Furious movies, as they keep going on, they keep saying like, oh, this relative that we said was dead is alive and yeah. he's back and blah, blah, blah. So like, you know, they're all pulling from the same toy chest of like... You know, it's funny. I don't know if they've mentioned in any of these movies the relatives Jigsaw had, but that's an avenue they haven't explored. I mean, I mean, how could he have any relatives? He'd be so busy with all these apprentices. He probably had no time to see mom and dad at Thanksgiving. <laughs> they could have Tobin Bell, you know, look differently, or you know, it just, you know, this is his, uh, this is his brother Rod, you know. Yeah, you think he was probably great in shop class. <laughs> Rod Kramer, you know. <laughs> yeah. He worked in a hardware store. His dad owned a hardware store, and that's where he got his love for uh, sharp <laughs> objects. Like they could be a whole origin. They could do that, and you know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head. So recently, with uh, Jeremy Thomas, uh, another colleague of ours from 411, posted something about Jason X, like side novels. Like there's been other novels written 
about, I guess, that, that part of the franchise, the Jason X part of the franchise. Um, have, do you know, has there been any side novels of Saw? I don't think that there has. Um, there, there might be, but I, I, don't, I haven't heard of any. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Or, or if there yeah, were any so kind of like... I'm going to look that up. And if I find any, I'll post the pictures here. But uh, yeah. that would well, be comic interesting to see because... What's that? Yeah. Comic books or, or something. Right. Like, I could definitely see fans making their own thing. Yeah, fan fiction. I'm sure fan fiction. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure, pe- you know, various people have done things online, you know, but I wonder if anything's actually been published. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see if, if that stuff exists. Uh, so overall, Eric, how do you compare this franchise to other horror franchises? Um, you know, while you're thinking about your answer, I'll say that I didn't grow up with the Halloween franchise. I didn't grow up with the Friday the 13th or the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I saw those movies, but, you know, I didn't grow up as much of a horror fan as I was a fan of, you know, action movies or sports movies or whatever. So I, this, I, I like this franchise a lot, even though I admit there's like a ton of flaws as we've discussed throughout this, this show. I, I like this franchise simply because it offers, even though it's the same, different things pretty much each time out with regard to the traps and the twists. And, uh, you know, it keeps you guessing to a certain extent. Whereas, as we've talked about loosely, some of these other horror franchises would resurrect their characters in silly ways and would really resort to insane plots to keep the franchise going. Whereas this one really kind of stuck with a routine, good or bad. Um, but anyway, like other than you know, I really like the Scream franchise, but I do like the Saw franchise. In and in, if we're gauging it compared to franchises that, that have gone on for a long time, so what do you think? Um, yeah, I think the thing I liked most about it is what those other franchises that you mentioned that are the legacy franchises or what have you didn't do, which was that it acknowledged that it was part of a larger story. Um, which was like a no-no for all the other slasher movies at the time. Uh, you know, they never even acknowledged the previous one or anything like that. Whereas with Saw, it really did feel like it rewarded you, at least in theory, like rewarded you for seeing them all. Right. Um, and that was rare at the time. And this was right before now, unfortunately, we're in the, the era of extended universes for every little thing yeah um and so now you have to see 20 other movies before you can watch iron man 4 so you know what the hell's going on but like at the time that was pretty rare and to get them year after year uh we were only getting that for lord of the rings and harry potter really um you know so and this is as far away from those as you can get but like it was still on a year to year with a consistent storyline that carried over from uh, movie to movie. That's what I'm calling it. Daniel Radcliffe is in Saw 10. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, look, maybe uh, didn't Harry, didn't he take an apprenticeship at one point to like get a, some credits or an internship? Probably. probably. Yeah, he, it might have been, uh, been with John Kramer. <laughs> yeah, he, he spent a summer in uh, where, where's, I'm sorry, where does Saw even take place? Where's it supposed to be? That's a good question. I don't remember the city off the top of my head. You know what I actually have no idea. Maybe it's maybe it's New York City. Uh, we'll post it. We research. It's very hard we to research a lot of. Like, I feel like there's yeah. 
<laughs> the geography is like very vague. It I is. Like made probably intentionally so. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, but it'd be great know. if like maybe they never mentioned the city and it'd be great if in saw 10 they revealed it as gotham or something <laughs> no time like there's there's like it opens with a trap in uh the um statue of liberty <laughs> it's like oh okay okay i got it i got it so that's where wow okay. but it was kind of genius of them to make it a halloween tradition in a way i mean it, it's an easy thing to do from a marketing yeah. standpoint but I mean, when are people going to be in the mood for a horror movie around Halloween? So, yeah. you know, why not release it every Halloween? Because that's the time when the guy can convince his girlfriend or whoever to, hey, let's go see this. Oh, you know, it's just for Halloween, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, and like that, again, seems like such a novel concept. But this is also the era of us getting actual Halloween franchise movies in August. Yeah. We, I still have no idea who came up with I mean it was the Weinstein so we knew what the hell they were on uh, but you know like I, it was bizarre you make a movie called Halloween and you open it in August it was a weird time to be alive Bush was president it was a strange time very much so yeah. well um, you know I guess we'll have to see uh, so yeah Spiral was the first movie that uh, that Tobin Bell was not in in any way so We'll have to see if they bring him back. I would imagine they're going to have to. They'd have to bring him back at least for a flashback. And then we have the the puppet guy, right? The clown uh, on the bike. Was it? Yeah, was I guess it? not. Just the spiral thing. But yeah, you no. Know, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know what he's up to? I hope that little puppet guy is doing okay. Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, Tobin Bell said he would return if it explored the puppet, as we talked about before. So. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. Ooh, like Spanky or something? Or, or uh... <laughs> Billy. I think it's Billy. Billy, Billy. It should be Spanky. Come on. It should be Spanky. That's a better name. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let us know what you think of the Saw franchise. Um, if you uh, like these movies more than us, less than us, if you hate them, let us know what you think. If you're looking forward to Saw 10, if you hope that it takes place in space, maybe John Cena will be the brother there as well. Choose, and also choose a, choose your favorite trap for us to perform on each other next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that'll be a bonus video. Uh, <laughs> See if you can get out of it in time. We'll we'll do it. And we'll we'll do our best. It'll it'll make a news story. You know, like uh, <laughs> nobody watched this YouTube show, but it became a sensation once they killed each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, my name is Chad. This is Eric, and we will see you next week. Game over.